You are listening to the Business RPG Podcast, a show where you can learn from successful nerds and find the tools that you need to grow your nerdy business or project. I am your host, Sir Isaac, and I would like to extend an open invitation to you to connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at businessrpg. And guys, I say that because I really, really want to connect with you. So I challenge you, go ahead, send me a friend request, send me a a like, send me a DM, send me a question that you have, and give me an opportunity to make a good first impression with you. I really, really enjoy connecting with you guys. And honestly, it makes my day when I can connect with someone who is really benefiting from the show. For example, our guest for today's episode. But before I get ahead of myself, let me talk about the question I have. Are you prepared to jump through the hoops and to learn the things that you need to learn to take your business to the next level? That may sound like a rather generic way of putting it, but but I I have a reason to my madness on this one. Partly A, guys, I'm going through a move right now. Part of why the production quality on on this intro is not as great as it usually is, but it's impacting my businesses. It's impacting the production business that I've started for podcasting. It's impacting my reselling business and just just my my day job outlook. And there's a lot of things that I have to learn right now in the middle of a move in order to be successful. Being an adult is hard, (laughs) which I don't really need to tell a lot of you that. But the other part of it is, guys, the main questions that I get from people since starting the business RPG all pertain around, or a lot of them pertain around e-commerce. They pertain around Etsy. They pertain around Shopify. Should I do this? Should I do that? Um, As you know, I have a store. Go ahead, uh, link in the show notes below. I wanted to bring on someone who has a lot more experience and a lot more success than I do in this niche. Introducing Matt, aka Jelly Belly Customs. Matt is a molder. That is, he uses resin molds to create buttons for your Game Boy or your Game Boy Advance. If there is a certain pattern or idea or design that you want for your console to bring it to the next level, Matt is your guy. But also, Matt has been there and done that when it comes to the eBay thing, the Etsy thing, having your own store. And we don't get as deep into it as we could because we also talk about his business, but it does answer some of those base level questions of what it looks like to have one versus the other. Huge shout out to Matt for being so patient and getting this show set up. A peek behind the scenes, we scheduled this interview about a month ago and it didn't work out. I had an opening, he jumped right on and we just got cracking. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Matt. Before the episode starts, be sure that you pause right here. Go down and subscribe, like, and leave a review to the show if it's been worth your time. Also, share it with a friend. I'm getting to the point where there's a lot of different niches that we've covered, and I have not been inviting you guys to share this show with people who may be benefiting from the content. So, if this show has been a benefit to you, and you think it could help someone else, send it their way, and let them know how to find me so that way I can connect with them, and we can just keep growing this thing. Let's start the interview. Matt, welcome to the Business RPG. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am excited to have you. I, I know I've, I've been saying that for the past, I guess, two minutes, 47 seconds, according to my timer. But <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I'm going to pitch you a few questions this episode that I've had people yeah. send my way. But before I get ahead of myself, who is Matt and what is Jelly Belly Customs? Oh, wow. It's an interesting one. They're, they're, they're one of the same thing. Matt is my day job and Jelly Belly Customs is my night job. I, 
I'm no superhero, but it's a bit like Batman. The the lab that you see, well, I call it the lab. That comes from a friend, but it's a garage on the side of the house. The day the day Matt lives in the house, and then this is where I I, I play and have some fun with something. Fortunate enough that it's become a, an entity in itself. But Jelly Belly is a name that has sort of stuck with me, uh, unfortunately, throughout my life. I am on the larger side of the scale, or at least I was, currently working on that. I think we all are, secretly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, everybody out there is retro this or retro that or, or, or something in that area. When I started, I thought, well, it kind of narrows you down to that one thing. Whereas Jelly Belly Customs, it's it's a nickname, it's been there. So, yeah, we are the same people. So what is it that you do exactly? Because I see the Instagram posts, I see the stuff that you're making, but what is it that you tell people you do whenever they're like, Matt, what, what is this Jelly Belly Customs thing? I specialize in Game Boys, making, repairing, uh, modifying. It all came about, what was it now, about four years ago when you, you found, like I suppose, nostalgia and all that business happened. And then, yeah, it's just sort of sprung from there, really. I like to think I'm more on the artisan side of Game Boys. Uh, There's lots of people now that turn... Game Boys has become an art form more than uh, an item. It's become about how they look, like the aesthetics of things, what they look like, and also bringing them up to the modern day. So the the scene has changed dramatically in the four years that I've been involved. I I I I don't carry the title artisan Game Boy maker, though. This sounds a bit sounds a bit odd, but uh, it sounds like an excellent LinkedIn bio <laughs> title. Is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should get on there. Yeah, that's just that's just the business side coming out. Ultimately, you asked about me and and Jelly Belly Customs. I am fundamentally a maker of anything. I I make. I repair. It's in me. It's in my family. It has been from thinking of my granddad who's. 92 now he he was a maker he's he's an engineer he's a a draftsman my brother's the same my dad it's just there i can't help it (laughs) (laughs) it's just there it's just i can't i can't stop i can't leave it if something's broken i can't leave it alone but in recent years yeah game boys is where where the focus has been really so do you repair like someone will bring you a game boy and be like can you repair this or are you more in the game of i'm gonna buy all these broken game boys in bulk i'm gonna fix them yeah so i don't offer a send-in service so that's where somebody like you say has got a broken one wants it repairing updating i i I don't offer that for two reasons it 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 gets complicated on whose is whose uh, and that's a responsibility that i don't i don't want like and also because i'm uk um shipping becomes expensive so say you guys in the states want to send your console to me in the uk it's 20 english pounds just to get it here so at that point i might have sold i might as well have sold you one that i've already got the shipping just just kills it so if you were to send me your game boy it's going to cost you 20 bucks to send it to me i'm going to have to pay uh, uk taxes and import duties on it and then by the time that's all happened, it's the same cost of a Game Boy that I could have bought here. So it's uh, it's not really worth it in that sense. And plus, often when people ask you about 
repairing something, it's always like, oh, this is the one that my mum bought me when on the first day. And you're like, whoa, I don't need that responsibility in my life because if you send it, it gets damaged, lost, or it doesn't quite work when I get it. And, and oh, imagine that. It, some of the people that say, oh, yeah, it was my mum bought it to me on the day one of Game Boy Colour. I remember queuing up at the store for it, and you think, yeah, no, you keep that. You, you can buy a, a different one from me. When when I found you on Instagram, it, it was when I was really digging deep into the retro niche, just with Game Boys and everything. But what you're doing is you're making these parts. Like I'm seeing a column of A buttons, a column of B buttons, and I see D-pads. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you've made or at least refurbished some frames and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So, so we do. Uh, I say we all the time. No, I do. Um, back four years ago, the scene was very different. You could get cheap China parts, and they came as they came. That was it. There was no. There was very little choice in colors or styles, and also some of them didn't work. They were not good quality. It started very early on that I wanted a button of a certain colour. So then it started from there, really. Again, a family tie. My my dad and, and my uncle, they used to do casting. They didn't do it in, in resin or, or for buttons. They did it in, in, in another area. So obviously I spoke to them about how to do it and doing it. And then you just start from there. So you start from something small and then the moulds get more complicated and, and there's more in them. And yeah, I offer it as a service on the website where you can select, you can specify what colour you want or effects, anything really. And this all came about from I needed a button of a certain colour. And then obviously with any skill that you get, you just sort of slowly advance. And I'm sure there's better people out there than me. But yeah, I, I, I produce a lot of buttons, a, a hell of a lot of buttons. Am I the button man? Maybe. <laughs> it's uh yeah that's how it all started so let's say i'm wanting to get a specific kind of button made a certain way for my game boy that i know how to all open right. up and close and do whatnot yeah, yeah so i can send you a custom order of what i'm looking for and that button is gonna fit in my console and that, that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you can send me a picture send me a rgb color coding uh, pantone I mean, I, ca I can't colour match. I can get it somewhere vaguely close. I'll make them in a batch of 10, so you can have one or 10. The reason for 10s is because I have some wholesale customers that have bulk of colours. I do 10 at a time, and, and they, they take the lot. Obviously, as popularity grows on social, if you post a picture of a certain button that you've made for somebody else, then five other people instantly say, oh, that's cool, I want that. Can I have that? And you're like, yeah, sure. If you were just doing one at a time, it becomes quite painful then to recreate it. And, and like no colour is the same. No button becomes the same. So not saying they're black and white from one to the other, but they're not going to be the same. Well, that makes sense going back to what you said about Game Boys becoming sort of an art form at this point. Because if you've made one and it's the only time you're going to get it that exact colour, then someone who's a fan of your work is going to know this is a limited copy of this button set is that correct I, I i stick to sort of same styles but yeah color variation between batches that that that's always happens <laughs> always happens but there are i've been doing these sort of um, cosmos galaxy style buttons lately yeah yeah i've been seeing those so they go in 
they are four different processes that happen and and obviously everyone can be a different they, they all come out slightly different it's good fun to do and it also it brings a console from something that is just a, a boring color and or a choice of colours, whereas if you can start to spice things up with some nice buttons, I think it makes a world of difference, really. So tell me about the market for what you're doing, because this is, to me, when I see this, the first thing I think is, oh, you've found a niche and just blown it wide open, because I don't see a whole lot of other people doing what you're doing. Tell me about this market and kind of how it's evolved. I mean, I I was nowhere near near the first. (laughs) There was many before me. Some of my friends have been in the scene for 12, 12 years. Wow. Uh, me, a youngster at four years. It's um, The past two years has been absolutely crazy, and, and that's solely down to COVID. And obviously, the more business you get, the, the more you can play. I mean, you asked at the start where we came from and, and what Jelly Belly Customs is. Ultimately, it is just me playing in here playing playing with things but the sole focus of, of selling something is, for me is is so i can do the next it's not a case of oh i want all this money i, I, I want this it's not it's it's the make it's the build it's like yes i've done that right who wants it i want to do something else one of the things i was really excited to have you on the show to talk about is your experience in building a store a lot of the questions I get pertain around, okay, so I want to do this. Do I need to open an Etsy store or do I need to open a custom store with my own website? And what I wanted to do was ask kind of your journey from doing this in your in your garage to the point where you had an online store. Could you kind of tell us how your store came about? Yeah, so back in the early days... I mean, I did a little bit on eBay, but eBay is a horrible place to be. <laughs> it really is, it. So, yeah, I was selling a few on eBay, and then sort of as Instagram picked up, you're selling over DMs and, and PayPal, and but that gets confusing and awkward to deal with. So, yeah, we with some help from a friend, yeah, we got the first website up and running. And, and then it, the website was solely a place that you can just send people to so when they message yeah it's here send them a link send them a link mm-hmm. and then hopefully they'll go and buy it i mean you'd have to send out 20 links and one person will end up buying it but yeah so it went from there and then fortunately shortly in october 2019 we moved to a, a different website like a more um not shopify but a similar thing like an all-in-one the, the other one was hosted and by me and i mean i'm not a web guy i really am not and a massive shout out to my buddy that they always sort the old one out i was always on the phone to him trying to fix it yeah so i moved over to like a hosted all-in-one website and and yeah that that was a smart move given the pandemic and how things went after there so as i say ebay is a terrible place to be i mean it helps it gets money turning but you're giving so much money away and you say about Etsy, Etsy sign you in to their marketing campaign. Etsy ads, it's called marketing ads. If you sell a console for 200 bucks, you pay $28 in fees, right? So where you're at there, you're at 170. Then 
if Etsy collar you for their marketing ads, their marketing ads are an extra $38. Right? So then you're down to what? $130. So because I live in the wonderful world of the UK, I then get another 20%, another $20 in VAT and taxes. So then all of a sudden you're down at $120. And and these things they're not cheap to build. You've spent another $90 in building the thing. You're not walking away with enough to buy a pizza for you and your wife. <laughs> Etsy are very cunning in the way that they do things. I know they're a business and I know they've got to make money. but And that's, that's, that's the big complaint I hear from people about Etsy. Now, full disclosure, I have an Etsy store too. Mine's print on demand. I list it and I never have to see it again. That's, that's how my store works, <laughs> which is it works for me. But I know for someone with an overhead for each item that they make, like like your example with the Game Boy, it's not going to make sense at all. Well, and it does, but it just it just really like sours. Oh, so you see your phone go, and you're like, oh, sale. You look at it and you think, oh yeah, nice. Then you look at the finance tab on Etsy, and it's like, oh, marketing ad. But fortunately, if you fall under a threshold, you can opt out of that marketing. But once you've crossed the threshold, that's it. You're stuck with it. And I suppose it, it shows up more because it's a high-end item. It's it's more money. So if you're only selling something for like $5, then it, it, the charge might not be too bad. But yeah, it's a killer. Is having your own store a good way to circumvent all of those fees? Having, having your own website. Hosted or not, like from Shopify or who's the other ones there, Squarespace and and all them sorts of places. Yeah, you're paying them monthly, whatever it is, sixty dollars a month to host it. That's that's only two Etsy ads, and if you can, if you're, if you have a following, then you can just send your following to your website, and 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 if you sell three things, you've you've paid for your website. It's it is hard, and I can understand why people use etsy and 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 ebay and but it is such a cost and i'm also of the mindset of well if etsy are going to take that i'd I'd rather not sell it it's just straight up as simple as that people ask for coupon codes and, and discounts on the website and stuff i'd just rather not sell it it's just not i'm, I'm not one of them websites that's i, I don't have 20 percent off every other week or 10 percent off the price the price is there and and that's what it is and it's hard to put a price on the buttons yes when you compare them to china prices they are expensive however like the investment in time in parts in equipment just to make it, it you've got to <laughs> you've got to charge what you've got to charge all oh, right yeah yeah and and like people like they could they could be a bit cheaper but it's difficult there because if they're too cheap, I'm going to sell too many and I don't want to be selling millions. It's it's just not the way that, that I operate. They're priced well so that they can pay for the next thing. And also there's there's websites to cover, there's PayPal fees, card fees. You can't just sell anything in this world anymore. Somebody always wants a cut of the sale. Let's say I am at the point where I'm sick of paying Etsy fees what do I need to know how to do in order to have my own site? What am I going to need to know differently? Like, what do I need to know I'm getting into in order to be successful with an online store that I'm hosting myself? 
with a website you've either got to pay for marketing uh, or ad adverts for people to to find you i'm fortunate in the fact that i'm sure 90 percent of my trade comes from instagram and facebook pages and also other people that build with my stuff i mean that that is the best marketing you could have i mean we see, there's some awesome modders i appreciate them purchasing my buttons to put in their builds I, I i build something with it and then they purchase the buttons and then they build something with it, it that is two adverts so like if it's if it's somebody out in germany a, a really nice lady in germany called gameboy 777 she builds and takes photos of the most beautiful consoles she must spend a lifetime making them things but she buys buttons from me and installs them in her consoles so she takes these really really stunning pictures and and they and and on the bottom of that is a tag with my name so it's it's the best marketing ad, advert that you could ever have really that's been really fortunate for me that a lot of good builders good modders have all bought buttons and they've used them because their reach is different to my reach uh, and they get to people that i don't and 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 instagram it was started as a photography thing wasn't it really it was but some of these modders the, their modders second to their photography like the way they set the photos up and the lighting and and it's just awesome it's, it's loads better than me i'll just hold a console in my hand and take a picture of it and i think mm. but, but the lengths that some of these guys go to there's it there's a guy in the uk um take maybe i apologize to the dude already because i oh. but yeah he like he, he's been he's in scotland in the uk and he's been taking his console to like these top of mountains into like these lakes and stuff that's the best form of form of advertising you could possibly have couldn't you really but yeah so all my all my all my traffic comes from instagram mainly one thing I like to ask each guest, and this is goals. Um, what are some goals that you've achieved with Jelly Belly Customs, and what are some that you would really like to hit in the next 12 months? Uh, a, a big goal was for it to become uh, a sustainable thing. It pays for itself. It gives me a bit of money to have the freedom to make what I want to make. So if I need to buy this to to make that then it's there and it's available so that was a big goal really because in the early days now i was putting so much of my own money into to buying stuff like the first set of buttons that i made like to think that i made one set of buttons and it probably cost me four hundred dollars to make you know what i mean by the time you bought this you've experimented you've bought all this other stuff so for it to become a sustainable thing yeah that's really good um it also gives me a bit of spending money to try new things and to, to add a few things to the collection, really. I mean, I, the reason I started making and selling was so I could buy some collection stuff that I wanted, other Game Boys. And so, yeah, that, that was a big goal. I wanted to hit 20,000 on Instagram and, and we achieved that. So that, that, was, a, that was a big goal, 20,000 followers. Goals that I have. I've got so many ideas in my head. I mean, I've got him. I've I've got in my little notebook that I keep with me that I, I write stuff down in. I've got so many things that I want to try, and I'd love to get time to do that. 
you have to do things to pay for the things that you want to do. So that's a kind of time, takes the time away. I have some great customers in the community that if I make something new, they'll buy it. If they have an idea, they will come to me for help with it. Like if they need a certain thing or they think I might know. That's nice. I do like that in the community. Where would I like Jenny Belly Customs? I'm really happy where we are at the minute. And and I'm I'm happy. I, I like to make a different button and people like it. For me, I've always said when, when the fun stops, I'll stop. I mean, there's been times where I've had periods where I've not enjoyed it. But ultimately, it, it, it is my outlet. It's my, my fun thing to do. It's really difficult being a maker. I, th- I think so many makers must struggle because their, their head is just full of ideas and things they want to do. But there's always something in the way. Well, I think things are meant to be, really. So, yeah, we've hit some good goals. I mean, to say I am a one-man band in a, in, a, in a garage attached to his house with the washing machine right next to me, I'd never thought we'd I'd get where where I am today with it. Really, it, it was never a goal. It was never a thing. Although this is called the Business RPG Podcast, I, I really wouldn't say I'm a businessman. I'm a hustler. But I'm not a businessman. Well, Matt, where can people find you and what you're doing? Jelly Belly Customs on Facebook, in Instagram, jellybellycustoms.com. Shoot me a message, shoot me a DM, preferably on Instagram. I, I, I'm not really a massive Facebook user. And, it, and if you've got an idea that you don't see and, and you think I could, then yeah, sh- shoot, shoot me that. Then. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you guys would like to follow him and just get a glimpse of the amazing buttons that he is making, you can find him on Instagram. I leave a, a link to his store and to his account in the show notes below, along with a list of people who are showcasing his buttons and his art with their own consoles and just people who have been supporting him in their community along the way. So that list is in the show notes as well. Go show them some love and just get a glimpse of some of the amazing things that he has been working on next episode will be airing on monday next week guys let me know what it is you would like to be hearing from in this show what niches i can tackle what you would like me to talk about in the next solo episode if if that's something you'd like to weigh in on be sure that you're following me on instagram at business rpg and until next time i hope you enjoy